Welcome back to Hour 2 of Gun Sports Radio, where your hosts, Dave Stahl, Lance Pelkey, and Michael Schwartz, educate you on anything and everything related to our Second Amendment right. Visit GunSportsRadio.com with your questions and comments, or to learn how to become a sponsor and or guest of the show. Now here comes Hour 2 of Gun Sports Radio, and your hosts, Dave, Lance, and Michael. Sports Radio Hour 2. Look for our shows on your 08 FM 96 1 AM 1170. The answer. Hey, look for our shows on your favorite podcast platform. It's simple at gunsportsradio.com. That's gunsportsradio.com. Uh, this hour is brought to you by our good friends at Cali Key. Drop in a Cali Key into your AR 15 or AR 10 to instantly make it California compliant. For more information, check out Cali Key at CaliKey.com. K-A-L-I-K-E-Y, K-A-L-I-K-E-Y.com. Self-defense and emergencies can happen to anyone, and unfortunately, the justice system may not be on your side. While you protect your family and property, U.S. Law Shield is here to defend you 24-7, 365 days a year with the comprehensive self-defense coverage at an affordable price. Bad guys don't take days off. And neither does U.S. Law Shield. What's your plan after you defend yourself or your family? Consider a plan from U.S. Law Shield. Check them out today at uslawshield.com. That's uslawshield.com. This segment is brought to you by the San Diego County Gun Owners. Go to www.sdcgo.org. Throw 10 bucks in the bucket, and you can join up with the greatest group of guys and girls you could ever meet. You can join real quick. And with that being said, Joe Dramisi, the covert blogger, is on the line. And he's going to talk to you a little bit about CCW holders. Should you carry with one in the chamber? See, and, that, and that's how you could tell I'm covert, because I'm not actually on the line. I'm ah. actually here. but uh, He's actually here. <laughs> oh, that's right. Did I say you're on the line? Yeah. That's right. I'm covert. You are covert. Covert. <laughs> but um, yeah, a while ago, uh, well, not a while ago, when was it? January or so? Uh, Decided to uh, start a series of blog articles uh, called the CCW Lifestyle Series. And uh, it's aimed at people that are getting into the concealed carry uh, part of what we're doing here. Because, uh, you know, now that we've got that back in San Diego, it's it's really growing in popularity. Lots of people are getting their permits. And um, when you get into that, like what I always tell people is the, um, you know, the gun's almost the easiest part of this. There's so many different things that you have to look at and you have to learn and you've got to figure out. So um, started the series of articles and probably do one in this series uh, maybe once or twice a month. And um, so I think the first one we did one on holsters because that's something you have to sort out when you get into this. And then uh, the gun belts was another one. Uh, this was the third one this week. And the subject that I decided to address was, uh, do you carry with a round in the chamber? And that's something that everybody that gets into concealed carry goes through this thing. I know I went through it. I think Michael went through it. Yeah, well, a little bit, yeah. Because, um, yeah, it's not a big thing. It's just, you know, typically, you know, if you shoot guns, you don't, the only time you're really dealing with a loaded gun usually is on the firing line at the range. Um, when you're carrying concealed now, it's different. Obviously, you, you need to have a loaded gun. And um, it's weird for most people, you know, to be walking around with that. 
And, um, and it's not, it's something that you need to get, um, well, there's two schools of thought here, I guess. Um, most people would say it's, it's something you need to get over. Most instructors would say you pretty much have to, or you should get to the point, you know, training wise where you're comfortable carrying with, um, with a round in the chamber, because, uh, you know, a modern firearm, a modern handgun is, is perfectly safe to carry that way. They're designed to be carried that way. They're not going to go off, um, you know, unless you pull the trigger, um, so pretty much with a good quality holster that keeps the gun where it's supposed to be, it completely covers the trigger and the trigger guard, uh, completely safe to carry that way. But you know, when you're new to it, a lot of people are a little apprehensive and you've got to work through it. So, you know, for those people, just to let you know that you're not alone, that's, it's not odd. Everybody pretty much goes through that. And there's some different ways to approach it. And, uh, I know something that I tried, I, think, I don't know if Michael told me this, somebody told me this. Um, is to uh, try it like the first week or so with, you know, loading the magazine, putting the magazine in the gun, but don't rack one into the chamber. So you've got the, you've got the firearm rack that's ready to shoot. There's just not a round in the chamber and you carry that around all day, go about your business. And when you come home at night, you can check that and, and, uh, assure yourself that no, nothing changed. That's still, you know, uh, cocked and ready to go. And it did not go off by itself. Yeah, actually that is something I did. Um, and I still do when I get a new holster, I've had a couple different holsters since I got my CCW and the first, I don't know, month or so, or a few weeks at least, um, I do that. Um, and you know, with a Glock, it's really easy to tell if the trigger's tripped, it's all the way in the rear position or the trigger guard. Um, if not, it's still, you know, forward, but, uh, and I'm probably going to continue to do that. I want to make sure that the equipment, you know, the, the holster, it's not the gun in that situation. It's the holster. I want to make sure that holster that I bought is quality and I'm wearing it properly and it's actually working as advertised. Uh, so, but at, at first it really, it really was kind of a, all right, well, you know, it's kind of, you, you had to kind of step into it, you know, it, it, it wasn't something that was usual. Yeah. And there are things, and you know, most instructors will tell you that, okay, you, you need to, you know, get your level of training, get to where you're comfortable carrying like that. Because, um, one of the reasons, um, if, you know, you're not always, well, for one, if you've got to draw the holster in a real, uh, self-defense incident, if you've got to draw the, the handgun out of the holster, um, you know, you've got to get that out and on target and ready to go as quickly as you can. You, chances are good. You won't have time to rack the thing. Uh, the other thing is you add another risk. You may, um, you may not rack it correctly. You may goof that up. You may induce a malfunction. The other thing too, is you're assuming you're going to have a hand free to do that, to rack the, uh, the, um, gun to load one. And, um, you know, that your other hand may be fending off an attacker. It may be shoving somebody out of the way. You may have just realized you were under attack by getting that other hand slashed or something like that. So you may not have that hand available. There's, um, if you were listening earlier, we talked to John Correa from uh, Active Self uh, Protection. John's videos are, are some of the best educational things you can watch. If you sign up for his, uh, to his uh, YouTube site, it's free, it doesn't cost you anything. You'll see a video every day of uh, self-defense incidents. And um, I linked to one in the article um, this last time, and you'll see a woman who was attacked by, by a boyfriend and... Um, she goes to get her her handgun out and she's carrying off body which we'll address in a, a future article i think but uh she gets the thing out she goes to rack it she goofs up the racking the first time she's got to rack it again 
And it takes her almost six seconds to get the gun up and get the first shot off. And because of what was going on, if you watch the video, the guy started attacking her. Her 14-year-old son jumps in. Now the guy's beating up on the son. And that gave her a little time to go through all this. If the guy had been attacking her directly, she would have never gotten that gun out and on him like that. So it happens a lot quicker uh, than you would think. So it's it's good. Most people say you want to learn how to do that and uh, carry it around the chamber. The other side of the story, though, there are people that carry with an empty chamber. And um, there's uh, Lenny McGill from the uh, Glock store is someone that does that. And uh, I linked in the article to a video that Lenny did, and it's about a 20-minute video where he talks about his carry style and, and what he does. Uh, Lenny carries appendix uh, style, and um, he carries without around the chamber. And it works for Lenny. The The thing with Lenny McGill is he's got a, a very high level of skill with the firearm. If you watch him drawing and racking and everything, he's he's very smooth, very quick. And, you know, he's a, a pretty fit guy. So for him personally, that that works. Um, you know, for a lot of people that may not work. So I think the, the consensus is probably to learn what you have to learn, get used to it, and, um, you know, get to the point where you're comfortable carrying with a round in the chamber. What's Lenny's aversion to carrying one in the chamber? Um, he doesn't say in the video. I'd mm. like to ask it because I never realized he did that until I saw his video that he put out like that. Um, it may be that he's carrying appendix. So, you know, just by carrying that way, the gun is pointed at you. Muzzling himself. Yeah. So that may be what, what plays into it. But a lot of people talk, uh, you always hear people talk about the Israeli carries, what they call it. Yeah. The Israeli army apparently trains and does things that way. But again, their their mission is a little bit different than a, an armed citizen. So they may have time in the situations they're in to rack things or chamber around or something like that. So you'll hear that kind of stuff, but um. Well, you know, a lot of all this is percentages. I mean, you know, what are the is the percentage greater that a gun is going to randomly go off while it's in your holster, or or is it a greater percentage of uh, you know that you're going to need to have a bullet in the chamber when you pull your gun out? You know what I mean? Like, which is going to happen more often? Yeah, and that's the thing. With with a modern handgun, I mean, you're going to have to have several mechanical failures happen at once to right. make that it's happen. Right, it's just not a realistic. I don't know if I've ever even heard of that situation. No, and usually when you when you see stories about negligent discharges, somehow that trigger gets pulled. Yeah. Either somebody inadvertently grabs it or they're reholstering is where it happens a lot, and something gets caught in between the holster and the trigger or something like that. They... I don't know that I've ever heard of one that just randomly But a went off. Glock doesn't have a trigger. I mean, it doesn't have a, it doesn't have a trigger, <laughs> sure it sorry. Does. It doesn't have a, a hammer. Right. Well, I think part of it's left over to revolvers. They used to carry a revolver without one in the chamber because the hammer actually rested on the primer. So when you're riding your your uh, your pony in the, uh, oh. yeah, it, there's a possibility. But even modern revolvers don't have that problem anymore no, now with the transfer bars in there the, yeah yeah they don't have them so right. they're perfectly safe to carry you know with all of them loaded all traditions the die hard man especially yeah. in the topic, gun industry though, it's a great topic it really is thanks buddy and how do people find your blogs uh so again uh sdcgo.org uh, just click on the blog page and you'll see 101 of them um i forgot to mention hey. last, last week was number 100 Congratulations. Wow. Congratulations. So, take, uh, take that uh, shot glass home and, uh, <laughs> with pride. We you are going to do that. I didn't even know it. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick break. You're listening to Gun Sports Radio, FM 96.1, AM 1170. The Answer. 
folks. Welcome back. You're listening to Gun Sports Radio, FM 96.1, AM 1170. The answer. Hey, California's assault weapon laws make it almost impossible to own an AR pattern rifle. What's the solution? Cali Key. It'll convert any mil-spec direct impingement AR platform rifle into a straight pull-bolt action rifle so it can have all the features without being considered an assault weapon. It's a true drop-in solution, no milling, no aesthetic modifications, and no turning off your gas system. Keep your entire AR collection intact at a price you can afford. That's Cali Key. Check out CaliKey.com, K-A-L-I-K-E-Y.com. All right, this segment is Open Roundtable. Well, Joe did something really interesting yesterday. What did he I do? I did, actually. <laughs> well, it's... Um, there were some people that, uh, and this, um, Michael has more history on this, I think, because uh, he, he got involved in the beginning of it. But there's a, a group of people from our side, from the uh, San Diego County gun owners, um, approached some people from the, is it the Moms uh, Demand so, Action Group? It was the other way around. I got a call, it was about a year ago, um, I got a call from uh, a, uh, a lady who's got a Ph.D., and uh, was a professional uh, um, uh, mediator. Mediator. Yeah, I remember. Conflict I resolution. Yep. Yep. Basically said, "Hey, I go to church with some folks that are involved with some of these anti-gun groups, um, and they want to uh, they want to do uh, three sessions with you know San Diego County gun owners members. They want to do three sessions with the anti-gun folks separately, and we each learn a curriculum." And the curriculum was how to talk to each other, how to how to basically hear the other side and understand the other side, that sort of thing. So I really the idea was not to try to convince each other or try to debate, nothing like that. It was more of a, hey, let's sit down and try to find a foundation, try to have communication. Common ground. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But not really. Not you know, really. it wasn't like uh, hey, just, let's let's find something we can agree just on. Just understand what they're saying. An understanding is what they're looking for. That's that was all. the goal. Not, 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 no common ground. Yeah, it wasn't like a debate no. or hey, let's see what we can do together. Just what's in their head? So and they wanted to know what was in your head. Yes. And you sent Go. <laughs> no, not exactly. There's nothing in so there. So we we actually so we did it. Uh, we decided, you know, we scheduled it. Put it up in front of the members and said, hey, who's interested? And it, it was a great response. People were very interested. I mean, San Diego County Gun Owners folks were very interested in I this. think they should. There was a lot of us there. Yeah. Yeah. So we, we did a couple of sessions, and uh, honestly, um, a couple things happened. One was I, I don't think um, it wasn't quite going the way – it was people showed up in, in, in the, with the idea of, hey, I want to convince the other side to agree with me. Yeah, yeah. And there, there was a lot of there. It was the point was being missed. And when I talked to the mediator, she kind of shut down and was like, well, we're not going to really. And I'm like, well, let's think of some ways to, you know, better facilitate this. And she didn't really like that. Um, so I said, well, gee, that's odd that a, you know, we're here trying to talk about communicating. But the and, bigger. And you don't want to communicate. You didn't want to communicate. But the bigger issue, frankly, was that she told us that the other side, um, you know, a few folks were interested, but that a large group, including their leadership, um, were adamantly opposed, you know, that we're evil, horrible people and that they don't want any parts of that. Da, 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 da. And I thought, you know what? <laughs> 
is ridiculous. <laughs> I don't, you know what I mean? This is absolutely ridiculous. Um, uh, I absolutely, I want you to know, I, I totally commend some folks, you know, uh, stuck with it. Uh, Gina and Bob and, and Seth, and you guys are awesome for, for continuing with it. I pulled out, I decided, you know what, I'm going to pull out. I also think that maybe because I run the organization, that might be a distraction, but it just wasn't going the way I, I envisioned. So I turned it over to, to them and said, Hey, if you guys want to continue, you know, go for it. So, so then we'll skip ahead to Joe's uh, experience and over the weekend, because so Joe thinks he's going into a free buffet, uh, taking up for, well, you know what? I ran into to Bob <laughs> and he asked me if I wanted to participate in that. And, uh, and I like Bob a lot. And I said, all right, you know what? I'll, yeah, I'll come by and, Not uh, anymore. and listen to this. No, you know, actually, it's it's interesting. Um, You know, it was not, there were several people from the other side. I don't say the other side. We're not supposed to say other side. But there there were several um, gun control folks there. There were several people from our side, from uh, our side, from uh, San Diego County gun owners there. And, um, you know, every, I will have to say, you know, the... Our, my experience anyway with, with some of these other people is, you know, I, I kind of view them as, and I don't want to say bad thing. I mean, you know, the, the other side can be kind of unhinged in how they go about things. These people were not that way at all. These people were very nice, very polite, very, they seem very sincere. It's just that, you know, looking at this, if, uh, and common ground was something that they want to work towards, you know, first establishing the communication, see if we can actually talk to one another and then kind of um, maybe find some things that we have in common, you know, in our approaches on the subject. The The problem that, that I kind of see with it, and it's just me, it may be just, you know, I, I don't fit into this, uh, this group as well. But the, um, the problem is, you know, to find a common ground, you can't be completely 180 degrees out on how you feel about something and expect to find a common ground. I don't know if I'm saying that correctly. Well, it's earlier the way you said it was, you know, hey, w- you know, they want you have to have the same goal. Right. You have to be different. You have to differ on how you think you should go about achieving that goal. Right. But the goal has to be more or less the same. And I don't know that with some of the gun control people, if the goal is is the same. What do you think their goal is? It seems like the goal is that the people should be disarmed. I mean, that yeah. should not have guns because. You know, when I was talking, we'd broken up into groups and things like that, and we were doing the kind of get to know one another part. And, you know, asking some of the people, okay, how'd you get involved in the stuff that you're involved in? And most of them, um, you know, reference things like Sandy Hook, uh, the school shootings, this or that. It's terrible. We have to do something. And and that's okay, but that's not the – the problem is guns are not the cause of that. And Making it harder for law-abiding citizens to own guns, to use guns, to buy guns, is not going to impact that at all. And yeah, if if their concern truly is school shootings, like that's why what they got involved in, and they want fewer school shootings. Um, why are they trying to get rid of CCWs, well, for example? Yeah, yeah see, <laughs> that and, doesn't and make any sense. We know it was interesting. A, a number of people there, a number of people from the uh, the gun owner side. And a couple of the other people had read the uh, that book that I wrote about a while ago, the um, why uh, why Meadow died. Yeah, about the uh, that's you know, a the, good book. Yeah, and everyone it's, should it's read a tremendous that. book. Everybody should read that. Yep. Uh, just to give you some insight in the why that is, and and um, Meadow was a, a girl that was killed at Parkland, and her dad uh, put the book together and has made it his uh, his goal now to change some of the things that created that kid that shot everybody there. 
And, um, you know, if you really are serious about that kind of stuff, then there's things that we need to address, which we are not addressing in our society. And the problem is that whenever there is a shooting like that, and there will be more because it's just a function now of our society, um, whenever you have a shooting like that, immediately from one side, you hear gun control, gun control, gun control. And what that does is it keeps people from looking and maybe addressing the real reasons. Because yes. there's there's a number of things we're and and we'd written about this before too, um, school shootings. There are more. There have been more in the last probably twenty years or so. When I I wrote about this in California a year or two ago, and I think there was like twenty two school shootings in California since nineteen o three, and something like seventeen of them have happened since nineteen eighty nine, and there have always been guns. But this other stuff, we're seeing more of this other stuff now, and it has to do with things that we're doing in our society with the drugs, both prescription and illegal drugs, um, the stuff that we see in our entertainment industry, the the um, attack on the church and on the family, and all that other stuff comes into play. And if you really want to address the stuff, address the stuff. Well, I you know I get this question a lot. You know, San Diego County Gun Owners has been around for four, just over four years now, and people always ask, well, gee, have you talked to the other side? Have you talked to the other side? Yeah, I have. I've sat down and I've met with, with their leadership, and I am absolutely 100% convinced that their goal is to, you know, get rid of firearms. That's the goal. Confiscation. And I, and I, I just, I don't agree. You know, they may uh, say that, hey, we just want a safer society or we want to make sure that kids are safe or whatever. That may be what they're saying, but the reality is their actions all point towards we want to take a lot of guns away from a lot of people. And there is no middle ground. You know, we've been compromising for decades and they are not. But the other part of this, and by the way, I I, I again want to applaud Gina and Bob and Seth and Joe and everybody else that showed up there for doing this. But if you look at San Diego, three and a half million people in San Diego, one hundredth of a percent are these wackadoodles that show up and protest, you know, gun shows. You know, and and wear red shirts and do. The, it is such a small, tiny group of people. Yep. Meanwhile, there is a large group of people who are gun owners, who are pro Second Amendment, um, who aren't involved in in what we're doing. So, you know, for every one person you convert with, or, or convert, or every one one person that is maybe anti gun that you connect with, for every one person that you do that with. You could have gotten a hundred people organized to, you know, fight with us. And I just don't think it's an efficient use of anybody's time because they are so entrenched and what they're saying and what they're doing, there's such a chasm, you know, between, well, gee, I just want a safe society or I'm going to ban guns. Those two things don't connect, you know, or, or gee, I just want to save the kids at school. I'm going to ban gun shows. That is such a, you know, disjointed, it's so disingenuous. Yeah, and I think, you know, and what I was seeing there, and and these people were sincere, at least the few that I was talking to there. I mean, they they really believe that that this might be a way to help or fix things or something like that. The problem is they're not, they they are are missing information. Exactly. And, you know, and I could speak to this too, because like I said, I'm relatively new to the, the gun thing. I mean, five or six years ago, and I, I said this to the group and I was talking to them. If, if you'd have come up to me five or six years ago and said, we need to ban assault rifles, I would have said, yeah, absolutely. Why do people need military weapons? Because I didn't know. I, I yeah. had no idea because I didn't have any experience with it. And I was just basing my knowledge on what I saw in the media 
and that kind of stuff. I just didn't understand. And, you know, if people are willing to understand, because I think what happens, too, is, like I said, the, the people that, that I met there seem really sincere about it. But I think there are other people that are maybe up in more of a leadership level yeah. that will manipulate those people and those feelings. Because the one woman was saying, you know, she when she sees these school shootings on the news and she cries for the, the children there. And people, I think, manipulate those 100%. feelings. And, uh, and I think you see a lot of that kind of stuff going on, too. 100%. All right. That was excellent. Good uh, good segment right there on Gun Sports Radio. FM 96.1 AM 1170. The answer. All right, folks. Welcome back. You are listening to Gun Sports Radio. FM 96.1. Eleven seventy. The answer. Hey, folks. Do you need to take a CCW class for your San Diego CCW? Uh, do you want an Arizona, Florida, or other multi-state CCW? Well, if you visit CCWUSA.com, at CCWUSA.com, they offer small class sizes, expert instructions to fit your schedule and your wallet. Three classes every month, two weekend classes, all starting at eight a.m classes fill up quickly so book now private lessons are also available great dates and times to meet your busy schedule check their website out for details as to where the classes will be held and how to apply for your san diego or multi-state ccw at ccwusa.com that's ccwusa.com hey have you been to ao sword firearms in el cajon well they've got the widest selection of guns in san diego county with over 600 unique guns in stock, including hundreds of used guns. Go see their full experienced gunsmith. They can do everything from mild repairs to full custom firearms. A.O. Sword Firearms Store located on 929 East Main Street in the city of El Cajon. Go to their website at aosword.com or call 619-749-4867. Build, buy, or repair. A.O. Sword Firearms is your go-to place for all things firearms. That's aosword.com or call them at 619-749-4867. Hey, Dave, are you in the house? David's here. Hello. Hey, by the way, uh, one of your buddies, James or Jim uh, Greenwood, told me to tell you hello. Jim Greenwood, that's great. Hello, Jim, in the listening audience. Yeah, I think he's <laughs> back east. He's in Tennessee or Virginia or something. So yeah, how'd you find him? Well, he's uh, we've been good buds for quite some time, and in fact, uh, you know, I, I don't know why he left. He just I think he just thought it was a smarter thing to do was to bail on us, but he did. Yeah, well, like like many of your listeners, he is uh, he, you know he got frustrated with uh, with the gun laws and the uh, limitations of our constitutional freedoms, but. Uh, he didn't take Michael's advice to stick around and fight the fight. There that's you right. Go. That's we need what, fighters, not fleers. That's oh, I like that. Fighters, not. I just cool. made that up. <laughs> I, think, I think we just got a new T-shirt. You should put that on a T-shirt. I'm serious. Yeah, that's that was awesome. Yeah, I like that. So, what's going on, my friend? Well, uh, you know, another one of our partners. I think uh, last hour talked about. Uh, uh, handguns, and I just wanted to come in behind that and talk about. Uh, uh, pistol maintenance and uh, what to look for, uh, how often to change parts on your handgun so that uh, you can keep them 
running uh, running like they should, especially when you need them. Um, just to get it out of the way, one of the questions is barrel life. You're, you're probably not going to wear out a barrel on uh, your typical handgun unless it's a competition gun or uh, you train like a maniac uh, in a good way and uh, you're putting you know 10,000 or more rounds down range uh, per year. That'll uh, a, a typical modern service pistol barrel might last you 50,000 rounds. It might last you 100,000 rounds or, or more. Um, of course, that's going to be diminished if it is a match-grade barrel or if it's a very heavy caliber uh, with shooting hot ammo. If you're always shooting plus P, everybody knows what plus P is. That's uh, loaded uh, uh, beyond the typical SAMI specs to, to the, basically the maximum pressure that a barrel will uh, – uh, allow in that caliber, and uh, so you you get your uh, muzzle velocity up. And usually, the, the pistol has to have a specially designed barrel to handle that extra pressure. Anyway, more pressure, uh, lower barrel life. All right. Um, hey, can you take uh, a question? Yeah, I, sure. It says, it says, "Hi, Dave. I have a Smith and Wesson Model Thirty Nine in nine millimeter that I bought from a friend when I was in the Air Force." Uh, in 1975, I was discharged in October of 75. I brought it back home. It's not registered in California. Am I breaking California law? And what do you guys think about the Model 39? Oh, fun. Uh, 39 is, is uh, I think, one of the, uh, boy, that was pre-Wonder 9. Uh, yeah. Service pistol in 1954. Um, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I think it's a it's a it's a great weapon. It's a it's a great uh, um, example of early nine uh, millimeter uh, uh, development. Um, I, the, the thing is, it, it, it depends on when he got it. When what did he say? When nineteen seventy five? Yeah, so that was that was pre uh, pre registration of, of guns in California, uh, and it was legal for him to accept it and keep it at that time. Uh, the, the only trouble he would have would be if he was trying to now add it to a concealed carry permit, uh, uh because California wants you to, uh, have any gun on your permit okay. registered to you. The easy fix, if he wanted to, he could simply, uh, go on to CFARS. That's the California Firearms Automated Reporting System. I think that's what it stands for. CFARS. And he could say, Hey, I got this gun. Here's who I am, and here's where I live. Cars. Um, That's perfect. Yeah, it's a cool looking gun. I'm looking at it on the uh, on the uh, on the internet and interwebs here, and it's very very cool looking. It's got an external extractor. I I, that seems to me like a a gun back in the 50s that was developed with an external extractor. That that was probably pretty uh, pretty cutting edge for the time. It it was indeed. I I like the gun. The uh, the 59 series. I think uh, kind of followed in its uh, footsteps um this certainly isn't a gun that i would carry concealed just because uh you're not going to find many of them these days and i'd want to keep it pristine that's cool oh yeah okay cool didn't mean to interrupt but it was a good question no that's fine it's a good question yeah a lot of people ask about you know hey is it okay if i own this gun even though it's not registered if you got it before uh when registration in California started, uh, you haven't broken any law. It's not retroactive. You don't have to register things just because it, they, they made laws that any future things had to be registered. Yeah. Um, some people will tell me, oh, well, 
good thing I got my Glock uh, before registration, or, or I don't know, a, a, a gun that was made. Uh, for, Glock is a bad example, but oh, I, yeah, I definitely got this gun back before 1990. Well, the, the thing is, is that gun wasn't designed until 2005, and then you have a, <laughs> a logic problem. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I do want to mention, though, that 50,000 rounds for a, a barrel, that's, doesn't, that's not across the board. For example, uh, uh, KKM is a very well-known uh, uh, aftermarket barrel maker for Glocks, and they say uh, 35K is where their barrels uh, wear out. The, the easiest way to know if, if your barrel is worn out is if you, if you shoot from a rest, and I'm not talking about uh, offhand shooting, standing up and uh, shooting like a, in a defensive posture or a marksmanship posture, but actually laying that gun on a, a bag, on a bench, and doing slow, deliberate, careful, aimed fire at about 25 yards. If, if that pistol isn't doing what it used to, you know that you, you've got an accuracy problem and the barrel might be... Uh, one of the things you look at. So Dave, is there any way to refresh that barrel or is it cheaper just to replace it? She's gone. Yeah. You, you can't, you don't want to add material back okay. to try and gotcha. re, recut a barrel. So it's much cheaper just to refit uh, for a, for a gun like a Glock. It's a, a plug and play operation. Um, uh, unless you're going again with a fitted match barrel, most people don't. Uh, with a 1911, it's going to be more expensive uh, in the tune of 200 to 300 dollars or so because uh, oh. that barrel generally has to be hand fit to to that gun. So uh, much more frequent than uh, barrel replacement is uh, your typical parts. Um, magazines are just absolutely the number one cause of malfunctions and failures in in handguns, uh, semi-automatics. Uh, they they lose their spring tension, uh, either just sitting loaded uh, or especially even more so with uh, use, cycling that spring and, and uh, doing duty cycles. Uh, how, how much? Hard to say, but uh, it could be 10,000 rounds. It could be 5,000 rounds and five years of sitting loaded could be 10 years of just sitting loaded. Uh, it, it comes down to the use of the firearm. If it's a fun gun, eh, just replace it when it malfunctions. When you start getting failures to feed, um, it stuck on the feed ramp, uh, uh, goes, the slide closes on an empty chamber. The, the spring just isn't pushing the, the rounds up uh, in, in, front, in front of the uh, slide fast enough to get the, load prop, uh, the round properly loaded into your chamber. If it's a defensive gun, you know, a service or duty pistol, I, I suggest replacing your springs every five years of use or just 10 years of sitting loaded. That's probably going to be premature, but better to be safe than sorry All on right. a gun that you're going to rely on to defend your life. I have some replacing to do. <laughs> Me I'm not, too. I'm not living up to those standards. No, I'm sitting there going, <laughs> oh, what are you? Because oh, I do. I have, like everybody else, we got quite a few magazines all ready to locked and loaded. So, ooh, five years, ten years. I, I, I leave mine. I mean, I leave mine loaded too. And and I will tell you, I've pulled, I've pulled uh, magazines out of uh, guns that I've picked up in the states. For example, family tells me they haven't been touched in twenty years, and boop boop, off we go, uh, uh, and they work just fine. Um, hmm. 
So 20 years isn't an impossibility. It's just that's not the magazine that I would count on to defend my life. I, well, that's the important part right there. That, that's really important yeah. part. I, I, so if, if I do, if I am, let's say I got, let's say I have 10, 10 clock magazines. Um, yeah. What's a replacement uh, spring? Like five bucks or something? Yes, it's nothing. So yeah. it, it's the, the peace of mind is really absolutely worth it. Like I said, about every five years of, of regular use or 10 years just sitting loaded. If, if you're not putting, if you're not putting 5,000 rounds through that gun uh, a year, um, maybe I'll drop that down to 3,000 or so, but at the, it, it's basically just sitting there loaded. So 10 years wouldn't be terrible, but five years would be great. And uh, Wolf Springs, I highly recommend. They are uh, a great aftermarket option. They are they are inexpensive, like you said, three to five bucks, uh, and you buy them in a ten pack. Uh, uh, so mostly you're just paying for shipping. But get your three favorite pistols and and get ten order ten packs from them. Or heck, over at AO Sword Firearms in El Cajon, we we carry the uh, Wolf Springs, and they uh, they come with an extra ten percent uh, uh, spring weight. Uh, from the factory. So even after they, they're intended to give up it and they take an initial set and they give up uh, that extra weight. And then, so for the longest possible time, you've got uh, uh, spring tension that's in spec. Well, as much luck as Michael Schwartz has with springs, yeah, I was gonna say. he will be over to see you. No, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. <laughs> they take off on him. Yeah, I gotta, Dude. I gotta talk you into helping me, Dave. Yeah, he's got high performance Formula One springs. I don't know what he's <laughs> okay. doing with them, but they're the fastest springs on the planet. All you hear is bing. <laughs> I'll, I'll have to hear the story. Yeah, it's where a are great we story. on time? What? Because I got a couple more things to talk about. Uh, you're done. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, parting shots. You got to change your recoil springs every five to ten, uh, five to ten thousand rounds. Um, again, depending on the strength of your pistol, and most of all, understand that your pistol is telling you how it's feeling. Shoot outside sometimes so you can see where your brass is ejecting. Should pay attention to the direct and the distance. Uh, if that starts changing, you need to start changing parts. You're the man, Ao Sword. Folks, go over there, check them out. If you don't, you're missing out. Not only is it a great little gun store, but this guy's got more knowledge than you can imagine. 929 East Main Street in lovely El Cajon. Thanks, Dave. Thanks, Have a guys. great week. You too. Take care. All right. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back. Sam, the gunman's in the wings. He's all ready to go. He's all fired up on FM 961 AM 1170. The Answer. Answer. All right. Hey, folks, California's assault weapons laws make it almost impossible to own an AR pattern rifle. What's the solution? Cali Key. Converts any mil spec direct impingement AR platform rifle into a straight pull bolt action rifle so it can have all the features without being considered an assault weapon. It's a true drop in solution. No milling, no aesthetic modifications, and no turning off your gas system. Keep your entire AR collection intact at a price you can afford. Cali Key. Check out Cali Key at CaliKey.com. 
That's K-A-L-I-K-E-Y.com. Self-defense and emergencies can happen to anyone. Unfortunately, the justice system may not be on your side. While you protect your family and property, U.S. Law Shield is here to defend you 24-7, 365 days a year. With the comprehensive self-defense coverage at affordable price, bad guys don't take days off, and neither does U.S. Law Shield. What's your plan after you defend yourself or your family? Consider a plan from U.S. Law Shield. Check them out today at the U.S. Law Shield. Shield.com. That's uslawshield.com. Uslawshield.com. Prime Mortgage. Looking for some home mortgage? Interest rates have dropped to yet another low. If you're looking to buy or refi, or if you're considering a reverse mortgage, you got to call a local mortgage guy. Call the guys we trust. Chris Wiley, PRMI Mortgage. For nearly 25 years, Chris has been helping local San Diegans with all of their mortgage needs. Give Chris a call at 619-722-1303 or just go to primeres.com backslash alpine. All right. What do you got for the kids? Sam the Gunman. Sam the Gunman. Are you there, Sam? Yeah, I am. How are you guys? Excellent. How about you? Fantastic. Oh, I'm great because our assault weapons ban bill just failed. Well, it got delayed for another year. Yeah, what do you think about yeah, that? Yeah, that was cool. It's exciting, but really, I, I hope the the rest of Virginia sees the writing on the wall here and goes out to the ballot boxes in force this November and votes out these people. Exactly. That's the way you get rid of people you don't like. You don't impeach them. You vote them out. Yeah, and the, you know, and there's still there's like a half a dozen other bills too, right? I mean, th- this the one that was was delayed. Uh, it was definitely the worst. Yeah, um, this was the big one, but we got a, a whole spate of other bills that are either being voted on or, you know, that are very, in various stages of the legislative process that do all sorts of other things we don't like. Like um, there's one bringing back Virginia's one handgun a month law. There, um, There's one outlawing private transfers of firearms. There's all this uh, other stuff. Yeah, that sounds familiar. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to California. Everything we have. But that's yeah, so they they failed at giving us death by one big cut. So they're still getting the thousand other cuts through. Yeah. So it's not over. It, excellent news. Wonderful news. We should all be excited. Everybody should be proud of what they did. But it's nowhere near done. No, our work is never done. All right, my friend Sam, the gunman, is my nephew, and every week we do a segment called Stump My Nephew. We found out that Sam is uh, an expert on gun trivia and uh, hardly ever gets them wrong. So what we do is if you email us a question and we use it, we give you a T-shirt. And if you stump my nephew with your question, we give you a T-shirt and a hat. All right. So here's a question. You ready for the question? Yeah, let's have it. All right. So Desiree from Escondido emailed in and she wants to know what is what was considered the maximum effective range of the m14 why don't we start with yeah that's a good question why don't we start with telling everybody what is an m14 first 
Thanks very much for the question, Desiree. The M14 has a long and troubled history um, in U.S. armed service. It was designed to replace the M1 after World War II, but it took a really long time to develop the M14. And when it finally got into service, it was basically nearing obsolescence. But it has sort of lived on after its uh, replacement with the M16 uh, in, you know, in various sort of niche roles. It's a really interesting story, but that's not what the question is about. The question is about the effective range. Now, I can't speak to what the official manuals for the rifle said, but given that it's got uh, a fairly long barrel, 22 or 24 inches, I don't remember, and it's in 7.62 NATO, I'm going to say probably about 800 yards um, or 800 meters if you prefer. Easily, you might be able to stretch it to 1,000, but I'm going to say 800 well, they actually, the, the, what she says, and honestly, I didn't research this. She says that the what's considered the official effective range of the M14, and I'm guessing this is by the U.S. Army, um, they consider the effective range of 500 yards. So, okay. I'm I, but you and I both know you can get an accurate shot off at 800 yards. But I think there's actually a, a uh, an official definition of what effective range means. Um, so I would be willing, I think that, you know, it has to still be at a certain, uh, it has to be still be traveling at a certain velocity, um, for it to be an effective, uh, 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 shot. I don't know what that velocity is. So it's not just a matter of, Hey, it's probably not just a matter of, Hey, you can hit a target at 800 range. Cause you know, the 308, you can, you can, you know, like you said, about 800, uh, probably up to a thousand, maybe even more if you're super talented. Um, but I, for the Army, I'm thinking their effective range is uh, has something to do with velocity because they aren't just putting holes in paper. They're putting holes in uh, bad guys. That's my guess. Yeah, they also publish different figures for point targets and area targets, the idea being that if you have an entire rifle squad firing volleys at uh, an enemy formation, then they'll be a lot more effective than um, if it's just one guy trying to hit one other guy. But the M14, like you said, was based on the action of the M1 Grand, right? Yeah, it's the receiver is almost identical. The gas system was modified a little bit, and they set it up for a detachable box magazine. And there were a few other changes, but it, it really is largely the same rifle. And it's pretty amazing in that, you know, anybody that saw, remember, remember Black Hawk Down when they were in the helicopter? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And they were providing, everybody saw that a hundred times. <laughs> and they were providing uh, uh, cover for the uh, the downed helicopter, the helicopter that had crashed. Um, the Green Beret uh, was uh, using an aim point with an M14. That was his uh, that was his uh, sniper rifle that he was using from the helicopter. So, it, they, and that was uh, 92, right? And that happened in 92? Yep. Yeah, so that was 92. I think they're still using them. They were still using them in the early 2000s in Afghanistan. And, uh, uh, you know, so it's an amazing rifle. And, of course, the SOCOM 2 came out by Springfield, and everybody loves that thing. I think they're wonderful. I can't believe you and I have talked about this, Sam. I can't believe they're not more popular because there's no pistol grip. They're a lot easier to make California legal. Um, I can't believe they're not more popular here in, in uh, California. But Yeah, it's already almost a featureless rifle, and that round can really, um, you know, it's, it's fairly easy to find, and it gives you a lot of good performance. So I just, uh, I just pulled up the official Army field manual on the M14 on my phone, <laughs> and it says effective, well, it says range in meters, maximum effective, semi-automatic without bipod, 460. Maximum effective with bipod, 700. 
and then maximum 3,725. But that, like, that would be indirect fire. You'd be pointing the thing at some weird angle. Oh, well, there you go. All right. Hey, thanks a lot, kid. You're the best. Thanks. Thanks for having me on. All Our right, pleasure. Po- All right, folks. We want to thank Firearms Legal Protection, San Diego County Gun Owners, CCW USA, U.S. Law Shield, Cali Key, PRMI Mortgage, Gasky Dillon and Balance, LLP, The Gun Range, San Diego, AOS Word Firearms Store, and of course, Lance, Michael, Joe, and our board op, Brandon Thomas. Thanks a lot, guys. Tune in next week, and don't forget to go to gunsportsradio.com. Find out all the shows right there on FM 961 AM 1170. The Answer. This program is sponsored by Dave Stahl.